Welcome to Numb Bills Fan Podcast, episode number 225. I'm your host tonight, David Palermo, and alongside me tonight is Ryan Talbot. I should say, over the phone. Keep tuning in. Tune in on Instagram. Get there on Facebook. And get us on Twitter. And the Bills Fan everywhere. Brought to you by Podrug Sports. All right, so on the line right now, we have Ryan Talbot from New York Upstate. And uh, Ryan, where can we find you and what do you have coming up? And I'll dive into a couple of questions. And it's still just New York Upstate, right? I don't want to, like, misquote anything. Yeah, no, that's correct. NewYorkUpstate.com. You can find me on Twitter at Ryan Talbot Bills. Uh, in terms of what's coming up, you know, Matthew uh, Perino and I are going to be covering – uh, training camp here in the near future. We have a lot of different pieces that we've been pitching back and forth that will get you ready for training camp. So a, a lot on the horizon coming up on the site. Awesome there. Um, Ryan, as you know, you've always supported us at teams. I'm not sure organically. I don't, I never asked you this, but this is kind of different. Um, I don't know if you actually listened to this little stupid thing we got going here for a Bills podcast, but um, as you know, it's always a little bit different of a feel. I've been having a hard time, um, especially with the absence of my, my co-host dog, their producer, Adam Deegan, who's back now. But for about a year and a half, I was kind of on my own, and it's like I get caught up in wanting to cover the news cycle, and then I get caught up in wanting to just, like, have a conversation with people um, and, and, and just really take it somewhere and hit a different different like philosophical realm of uh the bills and you know i appreciate you i believe this is your third or fourth time coming on i'm not sure but i remember the first time we had bad very bad audio but it was in the beginning stages so um ryan you've been grinding now for at least what three years at new york upstate yeah i mean we're getting to that point it's getting close to that area i mean we're we're over the two-year threshold there uh really enjoying working at, at that site for the syracuse media group uh, I've, I've been able to work with two fantastic writers uh first in matthew perino and now oh i'm sorry first in matthew fairborn and, and now in it with uh matt perino so two mats two great guys two great writers now matt um dumb question does he still write with you guys Fair, no, he is with the athletic. Full okay, time. that's okay. I wasn't sure. I know the athletic came about. Um, I've been busy. I've not kept up on the media like thing. Uh, the athletic came out of nowhere, and I shouldn't say out of nowhere. I should say it's been a matter of time. And I mean, not like we're here to talk about that, but we, I guess, you know what? A lot of respect to them doing it and, and coming out. And I will say a shout out to Fairburn and Joe Vescalia's podcast. We were. Before I had te- technical difficulties last night, we were talking about this last night, you and I, and, and that's a wonderful podcast. Um, those two, Joe Biscalia and, and Matt Fairburn, uh, it's called The Bills Beat. And I, let me tell you, you want to the point and a little bit of light humor in there. If you like the pro football focus type podcast there, you definitely like these guys talk too. So I don't know what you were talking about liking that podcast and I don't know where you go. Do you do much audio at all, Ryan, for podcasting info- information? or? Well, Matt and I are starting to do just uh, some YouTube videos that we're going to start taking over to different uh, podcasting sites. But, uh, but a lot of our conversations get recorded and get, then get uploaded right away to YouTube. So we're not quite out there yet on the podcast uh, sites, but that's something that we've talked about. Uh, but 
with uh, talk Matt. To me about, and, talk to me behind the scenes. I can hook it up for you really easy. It, it's 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 really um, you guys have everything. You already understand promotion and all that other stuff, and it's really it's it's easy. It's easier to do in video. You don't got to worry about that. Odd, you know, you can actually do both at the same time and rip it. Yo, absolutely. You know, it, it's so efficient, dude. Like, yeah, you would you would crush it. You would crush it. Uh, I appreciate that. Um, let me know when those videos come. I'll gladly send a retweet your way. And if you guys end up with like a regular segment, and like I told you, if you're cool and you get the time shaking up, I'd love to talk to you regularly once a once a month at least. Get your view. Um, because you call a lot of shots, and your view is always in the depth of the roster. And to turn this conversation on, um. You know, I've been pretty hard on Brandon Bean. It's well documented on this podcast. But, uh, you know, I feel like this year he's been hit with a rash of injuries uh, that are, are pretty concerning to the the, the layman fan, like uh, some who want to have a negative attitude about it, which is easy to do because I'm in the camp where Josh Allen is taking reps from the number three center on the team in these OTAs and stuff because Mitch Morris is out and Bodine's got a shoulder thing. So that kind of sucks. But... Um, you know, it is a time of year where nothing to me really goes on. I remember, uh, trying to find stuff so hard for a year or or 10 years ago on the radio or in a paper about what the bills are doing right now. It's all speculation, but with media coverage, they make it seem like a lot's more going on, but all reality, um, Ryan, since the bills draft and free agency, I felt they came into this thing pretty pretty awesome like i was still coming into otas and minicamp on what the bills could do um as far as developing their their system and coming into year three of their defensive system but offensive system number one and new special teams so um how did you feel brandon bean did after the draft and setting the bills up minus injuries because we'll get to that at the end of the show yeah, you know, in terms of setting up the team between the draft and between free agency, I think he's done a really nice job this offseason. Uh, he, he spent a lot of his first two seasons here getting Buffalo in the financial shape to make moves. And maybe he didn't make any huge splashes in free agency, maybe minus Mitch Morris because he was a big name on the market at center. Uh, he added pieces of that fit, you know, on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, a lot of their starters are returning, so they didn't have to address that area as much, but they still went out. They added guys like Kevin Johnson and EJ Gaines to compete uh, at cornerback to give Levi Wallace some competition there. Uh, you know, they, they went out and they added some defensive ends like Eli Harrell just to see what he could do in that situation uh, in this defense. So they had the number two defense last year. They didn't have to go out and make a ton of moves on that side of the ball. And, and the new offense was their main priority. So they went out and they signed a lot of free agents along the offensive line. Uh, they added a veteran running back in Frank Gore. They added a few wide receivers, obviously in John Brown and Cole Beasley, Andre Roberts as well. Uh, Roberts, you know, when he first was brought aboard, obviously everyone pointed to his special teams ability but here in OTAs, he stood out on the field at wide receiver as well. So, you know, he could have a role there as wide receiver four, wide receiver five, uh, and and take on a bigger role than some expected. So then when you get to the draft, you have Ed Oliver fall into their lap. You get a Cody Ford who, uh, you know, whether or not he starts at tackle is to be seen because there were some draft analysts who said, this is a guy that can play right tackle. Others said this is a guy that should be kicked inside the guard. 
Uh, even if they get a starting guard in the second round out of Ford, that's a, that's a good deal in my book. Singletary, Devin Singletary has been one of the talks of OTAs as well. Uh, you, they definitely need to get younger at running back, especially after you sign Frank Gore and you have Gore and McCoy, obviously, as your one-two. Uh, both guys are, are older backs. Both are kind of uh, at the end of their rope, so to speak, in terms of being NFL running backs. Uh, and most likely neither will be on the roster next year as they both only are here for the one-year deal. And then I like that they signed a few tight ends, and then they added some defensive pieces at linebacker, uh, safety, et cetera. So going into OTAs, which we've seen, and now going into minicamp, which we've had, and finally now heading into training camp, I, I just feel like this is one of the more complete rosters that we've seen from the Bills in quite a few years. Yeah, I'll say um... – he definitely Brandon being definitely leveled up faster. He got out of these problems a lot faster than I thought he would be able to because uh, I'm famous for saying that that 2018 season was a waste of my time as a fan. It was just a waste of my time because everything from top to bottom, the way Josh Allen was set up, which was for disaster, and it takes until Anderson comes in where Josh Allen actually takes a step forward. It tells me it's like, what the hell are you coaching this kid? You know, he's calling the wrong protections we're hearing, all this stuff. He was in an, in an interview. Um, I forgot where recently. And it's like how you're talking about the jump from year one to year two. And it's like, dude, you were set up for disaster and there's no accountability. People weren't really calling that out. Like, how are you set up? It seemed, I felt like I'm in an echo chamber. That said, I also told you I just started listening to the Bills Beat podcast and I'm sure they probably mention some stuff about the quarterback coaching and the offensive line coach but it's like um i feel like the bills listen to the numb bills fan podcast because everything i called out ryan uh during the season came true uh came to fruition which is new line coach new quarterbacks coach let's go get on from danny crossman that dude shouldn't even have had the job in buffalo when he got hired here and he lost his job in detroit i'm like get out of here like no just no no and no and he just hung around too much and special teams, you, you know, man, we've seen too many – it's like we've seen too many teams where it's special teams are really good. You don't even think about it. Then offense is good. You don't worry about it. Defense is good. You don't worry about it. And, and we can't have just, like, mediocre across the board. And it's so impossible. And I felt like being for setting his team up for disaster, I felt, in 2018, really. Um, and he had a bad luck with injuries, too, with the guys he signed. Uh, he really turned it around. Uh, more offensive line, a plethora of offensive linemen, as you just spoke. And you just, I don't need to rehash what you said. You went down the list. Uh, pass catchers, you know, nothing super flashy, but I like what he did. I think it's crazy to buy into Foster that hard. Uh, I think Croft is a number two. But also, like we've talked last night, you and I just shooting the skinny when it didn't work out uh, recording. Um and I actually want to ask you about this. I'm going to shoot it back to you, and then uh, I'll rebuttal. Um, Tyler Croft is one of those players I like because, you know, opportunity. You need to have opportunity. And there's massive pressure on these kids to come back from injury, and that is a really understated thing. And, you know, I could take the easy road and just take a, a dump on being and be like, dude, you know this guy has foot issues. But my rule of thumb, and, and I'll speak for Deacon too, is I was complaining a little bit in the offseason or during the season about injuries and Trent Murphy getting hurt. And, and Adam goes, Dave, you can't, it's unfair to complain about that. You can't really judge 
a player because he's injured. And and the question we need answered really, Ryan, is what how how are these guys with their work ethic when they do get hurt? And, and that's the most important thing. And Tyler Croft, man, we might be lucky if he's here the week before the start of the season. And I don't want him to rush it. At the same time, we got two rookies, but I'm not buying into rookies. They haven't seen anything. That said, we see them come to fruition, but with an offense that is not established, I just don't see it happening. So, um, Tyler Croft, Tyler Croft, Tyler Croft. It's just, I, I think the Bills kind of, especially with Crew now being a little bit injured, are, are kind of crazy for not having that pass catcher that your defense has to pay attention to. And that's the problem that I've always had with Bean's um, philosophy is he does not have uh sammy watkins we can say what we want i frankly think not speaking for you ryan i don't know who's going to listen to this has affiliate with you i think we frankly that that sammy might smoke too much weed and he has some brain farts you can see it in the kansas city playoff game he kind of like does a, oh shit slaps his hands type thing you know what i mean it's like dude you're, you're trying too hard or you're like too ripped or something because you're having mental farts out there and that dude took a safety with him. Calvin Benjamin did not do that. The Bills under McDermott have not had that receiver yet, and that opens up the middle of the field for your tight end to be active, for um, you know, your running back to have room as well. And and it's just the, the game is is about mismatches. It's not about signing Lee Smith to me for all that money for a pass blocking like tight end because. The game rules favor the pass. The odds are in favor of you. If you throw the ball, more good things will happen to you. I understand that football is based on the run, but there is a variable called zebras, gambling, money, the mob, and all sorts of things that tie into sports, and they like points. And when you're running the ball, you're probably going to get a holding call before you get a pass interference call, correct? So it's like... To me, Tyler Croft is number one, a lot to put a stock, a lot of stock into. But number two, Ryan, and here I'm going to shut up and finally give it to you after five minutes of like stand up here by myself. Is Tyler Croft like really a lot for Bills fans to buy into? I think it is. And I think that these rookie tight ends, they were limited in college in the route tree. Uh, cover one, Eric Turner covered this too. Um, um yeah so uh, anyways you know what i'm saying is croft worth the hype is he overhyped what do the bills do are they fine who's taking the defense away well you know you know with croft uh when you first saw the deal it was a little surprising it seemed like a lot of money for a guy that uh was it was a little bit banged up last year in cincinnati he was productive in 2017 when he had the opportunity to play more uh, was a someone that was a threat in the red zone, scored a lot of touchdowns in Cincinnati that year. So wh- whether or not he was the right choice for the team, time will tell. You know, they did try to get get Ben Watson in here. They were interested in him, and I know he's an older tight end, but he's still a guy that can get open and that can make plays in that regard. Um, and, you know, Jason Kroom's been a little bit beat up. They have some rookies. Uh, Dawson Knox was my number four tight end in this draft class. I loved Dawson Knox throughout the draft process. I, I was uh, a big fan of his game. I just felt he was underutilized in the 
uh, Ole Miss offense, kind of like how Houston misused Ed Oliver in terms of where they played him, how they used him. It happens a lot in the college game, and it's up to these teams, these scouts, uh, and everyone on the, the draft side of the organization to kind of say, okay, here's his physical talent, here's what he can do, but he hasn't been utilized. And, and I think a guy like Knox, I'm not saying he's going to come in here and be an all-pro year one. That would be silly to say because tight ends is a big learning curve there. But I think he is a guy that can occasionally get open in the middle of the field and, and can contribute for Josh Allen. And then on the outside, you're going to have Robert Foster and John Brown. You can have Zay Jones on the inside or outside. You'll have Cole Beasley in the slot. Uh, so maybe it won't be the tight end that uh, contributes significantly in, in terms of helping move the chains this year. But there is a lot of help there in other positions. And obviously out of the backfield, a guy like, LaShawn McCoy can catch the ball. Devin Singletary has surprised uh, some people with how well he's caught the ball in the backfield so far with his in his time with the Bills. And obviously a guy like TJ Yeldon can catch the ball too. So uh, I, I know it would be ideal to have that pass-catching tight end, and I hope that's what Knox can become for this team. But there are a lot of other options that Allen didn't have last year. Now, one thing I will say is um... – TJ Yeldon, LaShawn McCoy. Um, you know, I'm really excited about the TJ Yeldon pickup. I think that's interesting. Um, anybody who comes from the Jaguars, the Browns, or the Bills, or I'm sure there are some other teams, but nothing I could think of that have been consistent tire fires. You could think... The San Francisco 49ers before Harbaugh, um, those years with Singletary there. Um, and also the running back, Singletary, you mentioned. That's another opportunity, or that's another thing that goes back to opportunity. What was he asked to do? You know what I mean? And uh, that dude is weird because I've always felt the 40 times are overrated. And it's all about vision. And when the radio was driving the narrative of C.J. Spiller versus Fred Jackson, and they shit absolutely on Shane Gailey for saying it was Fred's turn, it's like, Ryan, not for nothing. But Fred Jackson was getting four yards a clip. Fred's only flaw could have been, one, he didn't get the ball enough. And, two, he had trouble on the goal line. Um, That was about it. You know, uh, and, you know, you saw, we learned a lot about football. I say this all the time in this podcast, about how the offense should work philosophically with Chan Gailey. And you talked about C.J. Spiller uh, back then taking a note for the defense. You know, McCoy still can. McCoy isn't dead. He didn't just forget how to play football. These guys don't just fall off. You're not... 32 and in the MMA crush and I understand it's a different thing I understand there's wear and tear but McCoy doesn't take the big hits he's a guy that if you surround him he should do okay uh, McCoy's another question mark but as far as what we're talking about Ryan I don't think that we have a ton to worry about it's just this offense needs to play chess the right way and what I mean by that is you need to display the talent of John Brown. You need to get these guys on ESPN. You need to give them targets. 
You need to get their name circulated and get them developed now. Okay, John Brown, give them some short receptions. Give them something. Give these guys their bread and butter stuff. They're all going to have a route that that it, within the playbook that they're all going to develop chemistry with Josh Allen. And that's why, for when I'm going into this thing, I want Mitch Morse's ass out there and Josh Allen's hand under it, even in OTAs, and making that smooth transfer and then pegging somebody. I hope these dudes in the offseason get together and the thing is is it sounds stupid but if these dudes would actually do that they would be so much farther ahead and what we've learned the hard way as fans of sports is we're obsessed and they're not because at the end of the day it's a job and that's really it there is no glory it's manufactured glory they're employees and they all have attitudes that are positive negative and different and they all have the same issues we do and money does not change that. And for me, the coach's ego comes into play. And I just don't like betting that they're going to change what they do to philosophically have a stab at the bigger picture, which is the Bills don't have anybody on the defense who can guarantee take it away. John Brown, yeah, you got to pay attention to him. But he's almost like the Marquise Goodwin factor. You know what I mean? You do, but do you? You know what I mean? Like, well, like, is a line really going to hold up long? You know, that's kind of one of those things where it's not a Sammy Watkins where he's thick. He's a traded up for first round draft pick. You know what I mean? Well, going with John Brown, he was on pace for a thousand yard season last year with Joe Flacco. Uh, once they made the the switch though to Lamar Jackson, obviously the passing, uh, the, the just the throws in general, the attempts went down significantly. So. That kind of threw a wrench in his season, but he was on pace to go over a thousand yards last year. Uh, he is still a guy that could end up being their number one wide receiver this season. Uh, I get that there's maybe not a true superstar at wide receiver on this team, but I do think that Robert Foster is another guy that uh, people just maybe need to see more from because it was from week ten on last season when he really burst out onto the scene. But he was one of the most productive wide receivers down the stretch across the league last year. So get him another year in this offense. And he has more experience under Brian Dable than anyone uh, because he played with him in Alabama as well. So get him a little bit more experience there. Uh, as for the the offense themselves, you know, Josh Allen has said that he's going to travel and uh, meet up with his wide receivers and tight ends. He wants to make it easier on them because they have families, they have kids. So he's going to travel to them this offseason. So he is putting in that work. And, and I get that it is a job and it's a little bit different from, you know, if you're a fan versus if you're an actual player out there. But uh, he does seem like the kind of guy that wants to get better. He is the kind of guy that wants to build that chemistry. Uh, you know, Mitch Morse, uh, who you mentioned, missed a little bit of time here. Uh, but he did come back later on in OTAs on a limited basis, so he should be good to go by training camp. The only player that we're really thinking that'll be out long-term is Tyler Croft uh, with that foot injury, and it's still unknown just how long he'll be out because there was a time where Josh Allen mentioned we might get him back by training camp while there's other people saying, well, it'll probably be closer to the start of the regular season. Uh, and if the latter comes true, which, you know, based on normal timetables, that's what it usually should be around. He'll need some time to get back into the fold to build that chemistry with Allen, to build uh, that, you know, to show that he has a good understanding of the offense. But I do think that a guy like Dawson Knox, like I already mentioned, can step up short term, 
Uh, I'm not expecting huge things from the guy, but I think there are some replacements that can step up if need be. Now, would you agree? Thank you for that, Ryan. That was really, thank you for clarifying a lot too. Um, because that makes me wonder, would you agree that getting the ball to John Brown sooner rather than later is my point is what we got to do. And, you know, I think the more John Brown is developed, if you got Foster on the other side with him, another speedster. Now, if you if anybody here plays Madden, you just go through the Madden updates. The Bills got fast before the season even ended at receiver. And um, it's by the end of the year when they got rid of Calvin Benjamin and Andre Holmes. So, you know, because they brought Foster back too. And the thing is with Foster is he's a great story for the receivers to follow. Like, yo, dude, I was caught. Do your work. And the thing is, is I'm down if the Bills have three receiver sets and one tight end. You know what I mean? You have Beasley out there as much as possible, too, because I really think it's going to be Brown and Beasley out there at first. And then maybe Foster. But at the same time, it's like I want the guys who are going to be awesome out there as much as possible. So you have to go with the hand you have. And it's like if you think that that your guy Knox can hold it down, right? And he can hold it down to that tight end spot. Or you have your Lee Smith in there. Maybe that's why they really brought him to maybe run more of a three receiver set. And you still have an option to run the ball pretty well, too. So um, that's kind of what I'm saying. You're taking away a playmaker, but I feel that Cole Beasley could be just as effective if he's wide receiver number three in the slot. You know, as far as you know, having your best odds, high variable for a play to happen. I want to see Brown, Beasley, and Foster on the field at the same time. I think that would be kind of cool. Would you agree with this whole point of, like, develop Brown now? Well, you want to develop all of them. And the one thing I'll say that uh, Matt Perino pointed out here is he's seen a lot of four wide receiver sets, right? Not just the three, but the four, yeah. So, whether or not that takes fold at training camp and in the regular season, they, they are, you know, looking to see, let's get Josh Allen's best weapons out there, uh, get them involved in the passing game. One thing they've worked on a lot in, in OTAs and, and things of that nature, even before that, are the short passes. That's something that Allen struggled with a little bit last year. He, he's been pretty accurate this year. Mind you, you know, there's no live defense coming at you, throwing audibles. He doesn't have it to read the defense necessarily. Um, but he, he's looking improved there. So you get the ball in the hands of a guy like John Brown, like you mentioned, a Cole Beasley or Robert Foster, or Zay Jones, and let them do the work that can definitely help in the short game. Uh, but I do think that Brown's biggest talent is going to be stretching the field yep. and the same thing with Foster. So you, you do want to get them involved in the passing game. And obviously you can't, you're not going to throw five, six, seven deep balls a game to each player. You do have to get them involved in the short passing game. You do have to get them in those uh, intermediate routes. And, and I'm sure that's something they're going to work on this year. That's for sure. And that, that's where it comes down to. It, it's the harsh reality that we learn, you know, as Buffalo sports fans. I mean, look at O'Reilly winning a cup, you know, and it's like, what we learn with being a fan of these teams is these players are good players and they go elsewhere and they succeed and it comes down to the coaches. That's why 
Um, I try not to personally lay into the players as much. I, I lay into the guys who are directing the players. I've played for some bad teams at, at work, too. And, um, you know, one thing I think is a thing with these players, too, Ryan, is um, I like the work ethic of the Buffalo Bills. Like, they're very, um, they're very focused. And I know it's like a general statement to say, but really there was some garbage in the building, you know, as far as I I didn't even, I heard stories about Rex Ryan, you know, and I was like a ambassador because he's hilarious, but you know, at, at a certain point you got to be a professional and um, I, I really like the pickup of Josh Allen because I, I like that. He works hard, it seems. My only knock on him is his Chick-fil-A habit. But it's okay. We all have our vices. I have a Starbucks vice. And, um, ow. Sorry, I just whacked my knee on the table. Not that you need to know there, Ryan. Um, but Josh Allen came out swinging in preseason, okay? I thought that he may... I, I thought right off the bat, why is this kid not starting? He needs to start. He needs to start. He needs to start. Peterman is a waste of our time. Get him off the roster. He is just a clog. Okay? And he was. He, uh, and I'm not paid to do football. I'm paid to make your walls look really awesome, Ryan. If you punch a hole in your wall, your kid decides to play like Bruce Lee or something, and your wall, I can make it look so awesome. Like, no joke. It will be perfect. Okay? Or your dog. I had a client just have German Shepherds just rip apart the wall. Hey, I'm your guy, all right? And through that transaction, I got a new podcast table in the van, by the way. But my point is, is Josh Allen is bright, and he doesn't seem to make a lot of the same mistakes twice. And this offseason, there's many documentations of how hard Josh Allen has worked, as far as even switching up his footwork and stuff and, and a lot of his mechanics. And Ken Dorsey, thank you for being here. Like, thank you so much. It, it, it's just, like, what is your thought on Ken Dorsey being here with Josh Allen? I'm stoked on it. This is what Josh Allen has needed, a real contemporary quarterbacks coach with loads of experience. Yeah, well, well. first, speaking on Josh Allen's intelligence, I mean, it, it's no coincidence that he had the highest score on the Wonderlick last year uh, among all the quarterbacks in the draft. He scored very well there. He is a smart guy. Uh, he is a guy that's going to work on his game. He's going to work on reading defenses and learning from his mistakes. Uh, flipping over to Ken Dorsey, you know, I, I like a lot of the coaching moves they made this offseason. Dorsey being probably at the top of the list because he worked with Cam Newton, a quarterback that has a lot of similar skills and traits to Josh Allen. And uh, Cam Newton to this day still sings Ken Dorsey's praises and talks. Uh, very highly of him and, and talks about how much he helped him. So you lose Derek Anderson in the quarterback room to retirement, but you pick up a, a Ken Dorsey who played at a high level in the college game, who played in the NFL for many seasons, uh, who has that coaching experience with a guy who has similar athletic traits. That's really going to help Josh Allen. Uh, you look at a, a wide receivers coach, Chad, Chad Hall. Uh, Robert Foster has spoken very highly of him in terms of he really helped me get ready in my second opportunity. Um, and that may have played a big role in him landing the wide receiver's job when it became open. Uh, David Sills, the, the fifth, uh, was mentioning on One Bills Live 
that when he was uh, looking at teams to join after the draft, you know, he, he talked to one of his uh, former teammates, Takeel Shorts, who was here in the Bills in 2017 uh, during the preseason as an undrafted free agent, really hyped up Chad Hall again. So Hall is even bringing in some of the uh, undrafted free agents based on his experience with past players. So that helps. Now, where did he Bobby, come? Where did he come from? Paul has been here for about the last three years. Uh, he was an offensive assistant for a while. Um, so he, he's been on staff, but he, he played the game for a while. And then there was a quick ch- uh, coaching transition. I'm blanking on where he was right now without uh, actually looking it up. But he's been here for a few seasons and, and he's worked his way up the chain uh, with his hard work, you know, work ethic and with what he's done with the guys like Robert Foster and Dakeel Shorts, who, Maybe, you know, Shorts didn't make Buffalo's roster that year. He didn't stick in the NFL, but he made enough of an impression on that guy that when Sills hit the market after the draft, you uh, you have Shorts saying, oh, this guy's great. He'll really help you. He'll really help you develop your game. So that's great. And Bobby Johnson, there's another gr- really good hire. I love that know. hire. You know, my so, Jay, we love that, Ryan. You know, uh, I mean, we were – uh, it's like remember the days of uh, Craig Urbic, how versatile that dude was, and and Eric Wood breaking his leg, and and you know all, all these, you know he's coming off an injury, Eric, and just those days were cool, man. You had Ryan Hart, you had Cordy Glenn coming in at left tackle, second round pick. He's a guard. Mount Hyper says, I mean, and and Johnson was around as you know an an intern on that staff with Gaby, so. Uh, and then to be with Frank Reich after being with that other dude, forgot his name, who got released, but he was hired with McDaniels um, in Indianapolis. Yes. And uh, I think we talked about this together um, before. Yeah, he, and, 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 yeah, I love the hire, Ryan. Yeah, Johnson has a track record. I know he's never actually manned the job himself. He's been an assistant. Um, but you look at a guy like Adrian Waddle who was brought in, his first two seasons, his rookie year and his second year, he was in Detroit, where his best two seasons, according to Pro Football Focus, Johnson was his coach. John Feliciano, some of his best seasons or one of his best seasons came under Bobby Johnson. So Johnson, had, you know, you, he can coach these guys up. He's proven that as an assistant. He's a guy that's going to get the most out of his players. I, I, you know, with those injuries that we've seen so far. Maybe it's been a blessing in disguise because you're seeing a lot of uh, different players getting thrown in different spots uh, that you're seeing their versatility. Uh, Feliciano playing a little bit at center. And you have uh, Quinn Spain flipped over to right guard, even though he's played left guard primarily in his career. Spencer Long's been all over the line. Uh, obviously, when Mitch Morse came back, he's the number one center. Deion Dawkins has really held down the fort so far at left tackle. Uh, so he's kind of, he's off to a very good start in terms of proving he should be there, but there's other guys along the interior of the line at both guard spots that bring that versatility. You have some, uh, excellent depth at tackle on the other side, cause you don't know if it's going to be Cody Ford that starts week one, Ty and Secchi, uh, at tackle, you have a late Adrian Waddle. So you have even more depth there than you have in previous years. And a guy like Johnson can really coach that talent up. Ryan, I'm very excited for what this season has to come, and I have been so pissed off about the Josh Allen not being surrounded. And to conclude this conversation, Brandon Bean, dude, I know you're listening because you got a life, right? You're listening. 
No, he isn't. We know he's not listening. But to the interns in the Bills department of whatever you guys do, if you're listening, uh, let Brandon B know. Thank you. Uh, good job over there. Um, I owe him a piece of pizza because I thought he could not turn the ship around as far as a roster. And I know that there is a plan I know there is a a system in place. They're ready to weather some storms. They understand that stuff. It's not to Pagula's first time at the rodeo with this media stuff. And, uh, you know, I got to give the Pagula's credit. They they surround their coaches with resources, and they embrace whatever style they bring. They embraced Rex. They empowered him. They empowered Whaley. They empowered McDermott. They empowered Bean. And, you know, lastly, you're in the media. We were talking yesterday. My biggest gripe with McDermott has been, dude, relax. It's cool, man. You're a hard worker. You're a wrestler. You're a blue-collar guy. You can kick my ass, like, any day of the week. Like, dude, loosen up. Tell us about yourself. What do you like to do? And, it's nice seeing him loosen up a little bit. And I feel like since Brandon Bean has been in town, it's kind of helped him. And, um, you know, I really wish those dudes the best. I've been hard on them, and, but I think they put their best foot forward. They've crossed um, every T dotted every I I can think of since the offseason. Except maybe the pass catcher thing, but they brought in a plethora of, like you were saying last night to me, not household names. But guys that just by opportunity will get to the top. Yeah, w- without a doubt. I mean, we we already mentioned some of the free agent pickups, but there was Duke Williams before free agency started out of the CFL. Uh, he was off to a little bit of a slow start, but he he kind of uh, appeared or reappeared during the OTAs. I think that he's really going to show up during training camp where you can be physical where you're going to be in the pads. I think that is more of his game. Uh, you have a guy like Riri McLeod, who is all but written off here after uh, an unproductive rookie season. He's been one of the players that has been talked about the most in terms of making the most of his opportunities, uh, looking really good here in year two. So it, it's still early. He needs to carry that over, obviously, to training camp in the preseason if he wants to make this team. But that's an encouraging sign. So they're letting some of these players uh, prove themselves, earn their role. Uh, speaking on McDermott, I I think we have seen him loosen up a little bit here over the the his first three years. Year one, first year, first time ever being a head coach, but they end up breaking that long playoff drought. I think right there, that alone buys him, bought him, I should say, uh, extra time in terms of being the team's head coach. I don't think he's anywhere close to being on a hot seat anytime soon. Uh, you know, may maybe two, three years down the road that that might change depending on what happens here. But he proved himself in year one. They tore it down after that season. They changed the roster around a lot. They did cut some pieces to to get back into good financial shape so they could build the roster in their own vision. So they did take a step back last year. Uh, They didn't do Josh Allen many favors in terms of what was around him in offensive line, wide receivers, et cetera. Uh, But I'll I'll still say going into last year that their plan was for A.J. McCarron to be their starting quarterback. And then when he went down with an injury, he kind of lost his spot uh, along the way. So that kind of threw a wrench into all of their plans. So, 
you know, last year is last year. This year, they, they've put their best foot forward, as you mentioned. They added a lot of talent, a lot of talent, not only on the playing field, but in the coaching room. Uh, so I think McDermott's loosened up a little bit. I think Bean has done a great job in this since he's come aboard. And the two of them working together in the past obviously helps them in terms of loosening up and being on the same page. You think Brandon Bean likes pepperoni on his pizza or no? I think every now and then, absolutely. Okay. Well, Ryan, where can we find you? You can find me on NewYorkUpstate.com and on Twitter at Ryan Talbot Bills. Awesome, Ryan. Dude, thank you so much. Um, I'm going to hit pause and then tell you goodbye for like one minute because I'll probably talk longer, probably like a minute 30. But um, Ryan, thank you again, and I will uh, conclude this in a second. All right. That is the truth. And covering the Bills right there, Ryan Talbot. All right? I love Ryan. You know why? Ryan's a pro. Ryan don't mess around. You call Ryan, he's there. All right? If you call Ryan and he's not, you probably messed up. And if you don't think you did, you did. You definitely did. So, again, thank you, Ryan. Um his his work ethic is just second to none um if you are on the twitter you need to really subscribe to his twitter he doesn't tweet much as in like annoying but he's got bomb articles all the time from newyorkupstate.com so get there and as always thank you for tuning in um that intro was pretty uh, obnoxious, I know. That's how it goes. Sometimes you just got to roll with it. And, uh, you know, the intro music is supposed to get us hyped in here. Then we just drop it smooth in here like some Pink Floyd. That's it. Because we are comfortably numb as Bills fans. Get it? Ding dong. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Tune in, as always. Numb Bills fan. Uh, new Numb Bills fan website coming. And uh, we have two writers, Tim Avery and Bill Steiner, two of my friends who want to write about the Bills, and we will embrace their style and uh, roll with it. So expecting camp, at least an article a week from each. And uh, you heard it here first. Also, new stuff coming on the website, a whole new rebranding, you would call it. And a new logo, all sorts of stuff. We've been a little quiet, but thank you for bearing with us. Um, it is the off-season, folks. There's really not much to cover. And I will tell you where to go to find the best coverage of it. Um, that said, we're going to have some great little videos and stuff coming up. And, um, you know, I've personally made a hardline decision with this podcast that it's about the funny I will gladly, to anybody listening, uh, any news sources, anything like that, I live in Rochester. I will outsource myself to you as a reporter for free um, if you would like. And I could do interviews for anybody you want at training camp and do whatever. Um, so let me know if anybody's interested. I can help be boots on the ground in the background, not anything presented from Numbills. No, this is just a, a side thing. So let me know if you need help. Had fun doing it with uh, Eric Turner or for Eric Turner at Cover One. So that was cool at Grandstand Sports Network thing at the time. That was fun. 
So all hands on deck going forward in the camp. Really stoked. And as always, to every single listener, thank you for uh, subscribing on iTunes as well to all the subscribers. And uh, I'm your host, David Palermo. See ya. Oh, by the way, brought to you by Punch Drunk Sports. Check out their podcast at punchdrunksports.com.